Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Kaz. You are listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Stay tuned for the next hour as friends have fun sharing many insightful gems which will allow you to realize and value that we are all unique. Yes, we are all unique. You're listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Hello everybody, how are we today and welcome to our Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. How are you Kaz? Excellent, awesome, the only way to be. Exactly, I totally agree. Anyway, today our theme is relationships. Relationships. And what does that conjure up in your mind when you sort of first hear that? Well, I think a great relationship is about two things. First, find out the similarities and second, respect the differences. That sounds like us. Because we do have a lot of similarities, but we have a lot of differences. A lot of differences And as we do well. respect each other's differences. Yeah, of course we do. Yes. But anyway, we are going to go straight into our first song, which is Beyonce's If I Was a Boy. And then we will come back and have a great chat with Alan Stevens. So enjoy everybody, Beyonce. Welcome back. You're listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3. Please like us on our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Wow, I just love that song. So do I. Yeah. But we'll talk about why we played that in a sec after you introduce our special guest, Kaz. Our special guest today is Alan Stevens, and he is the celebrity profiler. Alan has featured on national TV, profiling the likes of our leading politicians, TV and sports stars, as well as Britain's royalty. With a number of profiles running into the thousands, Alan is Australia's leading personality and business profiler. Sounds very interesting. I can't wait to delve even further into that. He works with businesses to help them grow through advanced personality and character assessments, utilising interdependent visual profiling. These programs are used by the likes of real estate agents, HR departments and recruiters, professional salespeople, health specialists, parents and teachers. So welcome, Alan. Thank you, Kaz and uh, Karen, for having me. It's really great, Alan, to have you. And I've known you for a little while now. And I really do believe that you are the mentalist meeting Dr. Phil. Is that correct? <laughs> it's a little bit along those lines, yes. I know. And I must admit, I did like that TV show that you always tell us about. What was it called again? That was the uh, Lie to Me. That's it, Lie yeah. to Me. That was really great show. And after you suggested it, I did go back and watch season one. And it was very interesting and it's amazing. But you, I feel, are even better than that guy. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, so Alan actually teaches people the secrets of how to read them visually, like facial as well as, I guess, mannerisms, but facial first up. Well, uh, the facial features will tell you someone's personality, which allows you to, or gives you the knowledge of knowing how to actually approach them, how they like to process information and uh, how they like to behave. So that song, If I Were a Boy, was the reason we played that was 
Are there differences between men and women? Oh, like, apart from the, uh, way they, <laughs> the no, obvious by, anatomy. Just by looking at <laughs> them, not, uh, you know, not physically, obviously, but just by looking at them, can you, uh, are there different traits that you know, are more masculine and more feminine? There used to be a list of traits that were all female and other traits that were male. But over the generations, uh, especially in the 1900s through to now, it's levelled out to there's been a change in roles. And with the change in roles, some of the features change. Okay, that makes sense. Of course, uh, a lot of the traits that we have, a uh, number of them have got quite a number of passed down through our genes from our parents and then others that we develop in relationship to our environment, how we behave and how we uh, react to it. So if our roles have changed, therefore those particular traits are going to show changes over the generations and start to transfer across the uh, sexes. Okay. Oh, cool. Interesting. So some of the insights that you provide, can you sort of let us know exactly what they are? And, 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 and you know, Kaz mentioned what they use in the professional thing, but just say I wanted to just be able to talk to people differently in any setting, social, family, you know, professionally. Yeah, what are you looking for when you actually meet someone? Well, in the, uh, the body and the face, there's about 68 uh, physical traits that I look for. Just a couple will do. Just. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing I look at is when you first come up to somebody for the first time, you've no, uh, had those times when you've stood next to somebody because you're a friendly person and they move away from you. Mm. I thought it was a B.O. <laughs> They'll actually come down to, and if you're looking for the actual trait itself, it's the height of the eyebrows. People who are more discerning, it's not that they're not friendly, it's just that they require a little bit more uh, space when they first get to know people. Once they get to know you, they're just as friendly as anybody else. But those with high eyebrows usually require more space. Okay. So when you walk up to them, if you have low-set eyebrows... Be a bit more respectful, lean out, uh, stretch your arm out, shake hands, etc. If they've got very uh, low-set eyebrows and you have high eyebrows, be uh, ready for the fact that they're going to, not even thinking about it, stand close to you. So that uh, you're ready for it. They may invade your space a little bit. So what would you do if you're the person that doesn't want them to invade your space but you want to but you're the get opposite. to know them? Yeah, you want to get to know them but you don't want to be rude to them. So... One thing you can do is turn your body slightly okay. so that you're not facing straight over because usually people come up and they're straight uh, towards you when they come forward. So shake their hand. You may step back a little bit. Um, and if they're astute, they will pick it up. I if always want to say that when you stand slightly to one side, you've got an exit route. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it comes from. And it is you know a case I mean? of being able Instead to get away. Face on. Yeah. But if you're uh, trying to build rapport with somebody, and especially if you have to get a, uh, across a major point to them, then quite often coming around slightly side onto them, so that you're shoulder to shoulder, you can actually point and uh, talk about something else. It might be on a sheet of paper, for instance. Sure, yeah. And so that you're both standing side to side, you're not looking at each other as the problem, but you're standing shoulder to shoulder looking at the problem which is external to both of you. Okay. So it gives you that bit of space. Interesting. So what other traits can we sort of... So that's the eyebrows. So that's how close we can get to somebody on a first meeting. So that's either give them a bit of space or run up and hug them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I've been in plenty of situations where people have been um, uh, more discerning and especially when I've been giving talks to 
give a bit of a demonstration to people, I'll stand next to the person fairly close and they'll move slightly away. So I will then shuffle my body slightly towards them and next thing you know, you can take them right across the stage or around the room. That's good if you want a, a drink and you head towards the bar, isn't it? Well, if you've got to push them towards the bar, if they're a friendly person, <laughs> they'll probably follow you. So as you take small steps, I'll just keep uh, trying to reduce that gap because they feel more comfortable when they're standing close to you. Yes. So you can do it either way. You can pull or you can push. <laughs> that's interesting. So that's good. So you know where to stand with them. Mm. How about if they're a low talker? If there's somebody, when you mean they, they don't talk yeah. very much at all? No, they're, they're, they're very low. Oh, right. Well, Sorry, didn't you watch Seinfeld? <laughs> oh, no, we're going to get another Seinfeld episode quote. I can't believe it. Well, I try and stay away from that because I'm short. <laughs> no, I meant low as in their voice like this. Okay. With um, a very soft voice, if they've got the, um, a very friendly trait and they're talking softly, well, you can come in closer to them. Okay. If they've got the higher eyebrows, well, the end result is you're more than likely going to step in closer to them, mm -hmm. which therefore means you're going to invade their space. So if you are somebody who speaks softly and has high-set eyebrows, then the best thing that you can do is start to learn to speak a little bit louder. Okay. So learn to raise your voice. Okay. Cool. That's interesting. Because I remember when you want to get a point across... A lot of people tend to raise their voice. Well, but it's like it's actually, yelling at you. Yeah, but it's actually lower your voice because then if people are interested, they'll come into you. That's it. And then you know mm. that, you know, you've got them. Mm. Is yeah. there a – you know when sometimes you may speak to somebody and um, they start, their eyes start to look everywhere but at yours mm -hmm. so that they're not really – you're not actually grab their interest? How do you know how to talk to someone – can you tell that by their facial It depends expression? on when they're – it's more so when their eyes are moving. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, the one trait that I look at before I start talking to somebody is how much information to give them. See, I know looking at you, Kaz, it's not a matter of giving you too much detail. Just give you the big picture because if I go into a lot of detail – You've lost me. Yeah. Your eyes are going to roll. Yeah, You're going to get those go, shark oh, really? eyes. Yeah. And she does roll yeah. her eyes a lot. <laughs> I would – Rather than, I'd flutter them. <laughs> it's a roll. Okay. So with that, when you, um, uh, you've got had more information than you require, you're yeah, going so to look I'll, around. you'll lose me and yeah. I'll go, well, you know. So in that done. particular case, the, I know that the movement of the eyes is because I've given you too much information. Right. So I would then change the conversation or change the direction, uh, move on to the next point that you need to know. If, however, when I'm talking to you, your eyes are just moving around all the time anyway, it could be because you're not interested at all. It could be if you're moving your eyes when I'm asking you questions, that's when I do expect them to move because right. we source information by looking in different locations. When you ask somebody a question like, how many windows in the front of your house? So for them to actually picture it, they look up. So looking up is visual. Yeah. Looking sideways is auditory, so what things sound like, and looking down is into, into your internal dialect, what's going on in your head, and your um, kinesthetic, your feelings. Yeah. So if I asked you where um, or how many ha uh, windows in the front of your house, yeah. and you have to think about it, you will look up, and usually right. it's in most people, it's to the left. So you look up to your left. Right. Now, while I'm talking to you and your eyes are moving, if I ask you that question and your eyes don't move, then you either know it very well and didn't have to think about it, or uh, if I'm asking you a lot of questions about other things and your eyes don't move, then I know I can't trust. There's something that you're not telling me. 
you're not even trying to give me the right answers. Wow, that's really interesting. It so is interesting. When they used to say that if your eyes were moving, you couldn't trust them, you know, they're shifting. Yeah. It, it depends, depends on when they're where moving. And where they're yeah. looking. So in a, uh, once you uh, want to find out whether they're wired like most people, because 95% of people will look up to the left to visualise something that to remember. If you ask them to, uh, what would it look like if you took all those windows out and put a bay window in, then they will look up to the right to Is actually visualise visual? visual They've got to see what it would look like. Cool. Excellent. That's so really interesting. It is interesting. Are we going to go to a song? We now? are about to go for a song, and it just so happens to be called... She's a mystery to me. Now, she may be a mystery to you and I, Karen, but no No. one's a mystery to Alan anymore. (laughs) And the song is by you too. Enjoy. Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Wow. I love that song. Though, as Kaz said, no one's a mystery to you, or are they, Alan? Has there any been any any person you've read and then you've said things to them and they've actually gone, that ain't me? I've had a few people say that when I've talked about a particular trait, oh, that's not me. But then when I've given them the scenarios, you know, either this or that, they've always uh, nodded their head when I've said, well, I believe that you'll actually do this. See, some of the traits, they've all got names and... Uh, like build confidence. There's yes. somebody who, uh, when they learn something the first time, they'll go and they'll practice it and everything else, and they'll make sure they got it absolutely right before they move head, ahead. Now, some people who have got that trait will tell me, I'm a confident person. And I'll ask them, well, how did you get your confidence in the first place? And they'll go, oh, I went and I checked and I practiced and I looked up alternative ways of doing things, and then I finally went ahead with it. So in the initial stage, they build their confidence, but as soon as they've got their confidence, you know they know their stuff. Yes. So somebody who has got a high level of confidence, you don't know for sure whether they've got it the first time round until they're put to the test. Yes. And you can tell that by looking at their face. At the shape of the face, yes. Hmm. Okay. So the shape of the face. Yep. So what, long and thin, round, is, is that what you mean by the You're shape You're looking of the at face? somebody who's got what appears to be a wide face. Mm-hmm. They're more of the higher confidence and they get what we call an innate self-confidence. So the first time they hear something, they think they've got it right. They're the type that would, if they did a, um, a massage course, for instance, they'll finish it on Friday, Monday morning, they've already got at least half a dozen people booked in for their first sessions. Okay. Whereas somebody who, like me, has the thinner face, builds their confidence, they will go away, which is what I did when I was a massage therapist, was went away and checked, tested, looked for other modalities, got a few friends in, and it was weeks before I actually started charging anybody. <laughs> and looking at Karen and I, totally the opposite. I'm the builds confidence I require to practice and mm. practice and practice where she'll just go, oh, I've got it, let's go. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's probably why it took an extra month to us to actually start our show. Because <laughs> I was ready to start it after the course. <laughs> and how does that align with the shape of your face? <laughs> So having that information must be really beneficial, um, not only to the in the industries that we spoke about earlier, but even for parents with children. Exactly. See, I can pick up anything up to about 10 traits in a newborn child. Then by the time they're five years old going to school, there's about 24 traits. So do those, would the initial traits change as their faces change? There are some traits which are locked in. 
they're, they're from so birth. they're inherent. They're, they're inherent. Okay. Um, and you might have two children in the same family, but they'll be different traits. Yes. Amongst them, so there'll be chalk and cheese, as they say. In yeah. So therefore, you have to approach them and, and bring Each them one up. Each individual. Yeah, as an individual, not yeah. the same. Yeah, well, I recently profiled one gentleman's uh, two children. One was a five-year-old boy, and the girl was seven years old. The boy, I could see, had a music trait. And as I pointed out to his father, by using that uh, music, he would have a gift for music. So that could be a, um, uh, something he might enjoy when he gets older, but he would love music as he uh, grows up. He had high hand dexterity, which meant that he could play a musical instrument. So music plus the hand dexterity showed that uh, playing musical instruments, uh, but using music to actually uh, help to... To uh, motivate him. Motivate him, quieten him down and everything else. And so is that a visual... For the music thing, or is that a more of a mannerism trait that you... The hand dexterity is movement of the hands, so okay. holding things, but the, uh, the other is actually how they hear the music. Okay. okay. And the daughter, she was completely different. She had a pioneering trait. In other words, she would do things other people hadn't done. And she also had a what I call judgment variation, where she would look at things differently to everybody else and come up with great ideas. The issues for her growing up, because every trait has an upside and every trait mm. has a downside... The downside for her would be that people, every time she says, I've got this bright, bright idea, they would say, no, you know, that won't work. So yep. they can get dejected as they're Which growing up. Which could totally hinder yeah. her. But the, um, the fact that if they're, they're the people who come up with ideas that other people haven't thought of and you put them into action, they can work. So I said to her, Dad, back off a little bit and let, her, let the, the reins loose and let her have a little bit of a run. Well, at the age of seven, she's just sit down and she's written her first child's book which wow. is now going to be illustrated. They've got a commercial illustrator doing that, and it'll be published. So Fantastic. it's a small story, but it's broken up into pages, like a little child's book where you open it up, a little sentence, a drawing, another sentence, next page. At the age of eight, uh, by the time she's eight, she'll be a published author. And excellent. And that's probably Richard Branson, mm. because he can come up with the ideas, but he can't put them into action and actually you know, get them out there because he gets bored. Mm. But... If anyone had said, you know, you can't do that idea because he couldn't be the person to actually implement it, who knows what would have happened. That's so right. It's interesting. So if you're able to see your kids' traits and you understand all that, you're able to give them better direction. Yes. And understand them better. You know, yeah. You know, I'm sitting around in a cafe, for instance, and the mother's worried about her child making a noise, and I can see he's got that music trait. I usually have a word with her so that she can stop worrying about the patrons in the uh, cafe and understand that her son's got a gift and then watch the difference in her um, behaviour with the son. Their relationship completely changes. Yeah. So the, you said you could see his music track. Yeah. Can you find mine? Because I would love to have one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's there somewhere. Yeah. It must be hidden somewhere. So you may not have a particular feature that says you have a gift in that area. It just means you just have to work a little bit harder. Yes. As yeah. in a person who was told to mime in, in <laughs> kindergarten at the school concert, I don't think I'm going to find it. Yeah, well, my kids banned me from singing in the shower, so I know what it's like. Anyway, that's so fun. So apart from children, which I think that would be great, so any oh, of our listeners, be so beneficial for um, you know, we'll be posting links to Alan's uh, videos and to his website on our Facebook page and also with the podcast and everything. Though, you know, it really would make your life a lot easier to have Alan come along and actually not only read yourself and your husband, so your relationship can be even better than what it is now, but also for the children because 
everyone in the household is normally different because that's how we create that's balance. It. And it's really good to understand that, you know, everything, we live in a um, magnetic field and everything at the end is either negative or positive and that creates our balance in our life. So, Taz, what other questions have we got for Alan? Well, just thinking with all of that knowledge that you have, Alan, you must make an amazing wingman. (laughs) (laughs) For the boys or the girls? Well, I mean, he could be for either, really. Yeah, well, I've uh, had quite a few young fellows ask me to do just that. And uh, uh, just two days ago, I had a, a couple of girls ask me if I'd uh, take them out and give them an idea of what was going on as well. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. So so tell us some of the things, because I'm sure that the wrong people end up going home together. And, <laughs> and you know, there could have been a missed opportunity for someone who was, oh, my God, he got there first, where and didn't realise that, you know, if you just hang around, you'd might be able to slip right in. Well, that's it. I was there with a hotel uh, one uh, day with a young fellow who said he wanted to, you know, if I'd uh, point out what was going on, I said, well, sit back and just watch. And I said, what's going on over in the corner over there? There was a bunch of uh, girls and boys standing around and uh, young people, and he was saying, oh, this guy over there is doing really well. And I went, no, he's going home alone. And he said, what do you mean? I said, he said, he's, she's, you know, she's brushing her hair and she's tilting her head and everything else. I said, and every time she does it, look where she's looking. She was standing next to this bloke who was drop buying her the drinks for the evening, but her gaze kept going to somebody else on the other side of the, uh, the pub. Mm-hmm. And he was going home alone as well because he missed everything that was going on. <laughs> he did not even notice her looking at him all the night. So maybe you could start a dating agency or something. well actually uh, i'm working on a couple of books at the moment for the dating scene oh excellent one for the uh, the boys and one for the girls see at the moment if you go to any dating site they're a predator's playground yeah they know exactly how to uh, what sort of uh, victim they're looking for and they will then say exactly who uh, they are in relationship to what the girl's looking for which is not how they are can you tell from a person's by profiling a person's face is there an honesty part there? Do you know what I mean? Like, Not actually in the features themselves. I work with the body language and the micro-expressions as well, so little twitches on the face. The body language will tell you the emotional things along with the facial uh, expressions. The facial features tell me someone's uh, personality. You can have two people that look very similar. One could be a saint, one could be a sinner. But it's in the intent. They may both process information in a similar way, but you don't know the information they're actually processing. And that's why the observation comes out. But if some, I look at someone's face and see their facial structure, I know what their personality is likely to be. I can then look at what they've written as a resume or for HR, for instance, or recruitment. I can look what they've written on a dating site or a LinkedIn page. And I can tell you whether what they've written correlates to the face that's there. So that's where you can pick up the honesty, the correlation between the picture and the, uh, the actual words that are written. Oh, okay. well, this perfectly leads into our next song. Does it? Yes, which is called Poker, Poker Face, Face. <laughs> by Lady Gaga. But I want to continue this discussion after we come back after this song. Okay. So enjoy, everybody. You're listening to Radio Northern Beaches, 88.7 and 90.3 your community radio station. Check out our website at rnb.org.au. You know how some days you just want to sit back, 
relax, take a breath, listen, have some laughs and be inspired. Well, now you can. Come and join Kaz and Karen every Wednesday, 2 to 3 p.m. for Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Wow, that was good. I want to know more about your books. How many traits are there, Alan? Well, there's 68 traits in total. Okay. But what will go into the book, it'll bring it down to a manageable number and it'll be the ones that stand out the most. Some traits, you know, are related to uh, gifts and skills that we have. Others are very much related to um, uh, relationships. Okay. So do certain relationships change the way your face looks and your traits and things like that? Well, some of the traits do change over time and that uh, in response to your environment. So if you're in a particular relationship, yes, they will. Um, things like the curling of the mouth, you know, you're looking more optimistic, can become more pessimistic if you've got, you know, tough times. Yes. And that's, you know, that could be a relationship that's causing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. So I, I guess that sounds really exciting because I know you have a little app mm. as well. So will you extend your apps to have a boy and a girl app? For dating and things like that? Endless possibilities. There's endless possibilities. The apps, when I first built them, they weren't designed. People wanted to get an app where they could just take a photograph and it would profile for them. And the last thing I wanted were uh, people going out to a pub on Friday night, <laughs> snapping, <laughs> snapping photos of everybody and getting hints on how to go and pick them up. Oh, um, but people do that, I'm sure. <laughs> They're going to have to do a little bit of work. They're going to have to understand what the app's about. And the apps were designed so that they would become redundant after a period of time. Okay. They're only looking at seven traits. And the Mm. first one, Profile Me, allows you to understand your traits or to profile somebody else and understand them. The second one, Profile Match, that looks at the same traits. And it tells you from your trait level, once you profile yourself and you profile the other person, how to actually change the way you prefer to speak to the way they want to be spoken to. Okay. So there's a bit of a relationship builder in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a school in San Marino in uh, California. They're actually using those apps to teach the kids English to uh, read. Okay, so what age are the students? They're year 12, but they're reading at what is equivalent to our primary school level here. They're Latino, oh, okay. so their English is not their first language. And the only thing that they got interested in was uh, some uh, articles that were put in front of them on uh, reading people. So when the teacher found me... I said, well, if you use the apps, there's instructions in it. You can listen to the video, but you can get the kids to read the instructions. Because they want to uh, pr- uh, learn to read people, mm. they're going to be focused on that. So reading it's just a byproduct, but it's helping you to get them onto their reading skills. Mm. When they've finished the profile, they've got a report that comes out, which they've got to read. And especially on the second one, when they've got to um, understand uh, how to talk to the other person, how do you know if it works unless you sit down with the other kid that you've just profiled and use it and test it? So now you're working on anti-bullying and you're increasing uh, communications. Yes. So it went from just um, teaching them how to read. Yeah, because that would build up their confidence yeah. and, you know, bullying is all part of confidence. Yeah, exactly. And as they not. say, if uh, kids won't learn uh, the way you teach, then teach the way they learn. And that's what this teacher had found, something that was interesting to mm, them. That's the thing, And use it? that as a point to get them involved. Wow. That's like with anything if you want to teach a child. Yeah. Find out something they're interested in. Even if it's mm. counting, you know, from one to ten. I know with my grandson who loves cars, if I said let's count these cars, he would. But if I said let's count these numbers... Mm. That's right. Really? Yeah. Like, so pick something that 
is of interest to them. See, with this, I've even done it with kids with autism and Asperger's. I've trained some psychologists in Florida who are working with kids with autism. Um, and a mother here with a boy with um, Asperger's, they wanted to kick him out of school at the age of six. So I profiled and gave them some advice on how to talk to his traits and how to deal with him. Uh, that was just on uh, four years ago now, and last January she sat down and did another um, testimonial video for me where she's still changing their lives. He's now doing presentations in front of the class and everything else, whereas before oh. that was unheard of. Wow, oh, that's, that's amazing. Fantastic. Because once you understand the traits, because we're too busy trying to work on the symptoms of their condition, but the environment, if it's not conducive to them, that's what makes them worse. So if we know how to talk to them, in their way that they like to be spoken to and treated, you've got a better connection. And with the uh, psychologists in Florida, by the time they profiled in their normal system with the kids with autism, they lost so much time and their contracts were running out. Whereas with this, you profile them day one, you test it, as I said, you start talking to the child in the way that they, you, the profile says you should talk to them. You're getting the feedback from the body language and the micro-expressions and you know whether you're on track. So you've got instant rapport. So they're able to get a lot further in their uh, contract with that child because of a government contract with limited time. Now they're able to get results. Wow, this and is so valuable, isn't it? It is very it's valuable. so valuable. Yes. And then all the kids that first go to school, what's their learning style? The teachers can read them as they come through on day one, understand how they learn. So those that say you've got a child who has a trait that um, is, uh, they can't sit still, they're mm. fidgets. They're also easily distracted, another trait. And usually they get just called a troublemaker, don't they? That's right. If they've got a sequential learning style and the teacher uh, bounces around and misses a few points and the child can't see the connection, the child, when they're actually got that, the child goes, yes, but on the body and everything else is saying, no, I didn't get it. Teacher moves on. Now, as you said, the child gets frustrated because the other kids are moving forward and that child, boy or girl, is getting left behind and so therefore can't sit still, starts getting fidgety. Starts mm. getting noisy, labelled with a condition, and we've got more kids on um, uh, antidepressants and other uh, but, uh, drugs. Which just makes them worse anyway. Yeah. Yes. So we've, uh, we're uh, putting our kids through all this medication, which a lot of them don't really need. And those that are on medication, hopefully with this, they'll be able to reduce the medication. So are teachers tra taught these skills in their training, uh, you know, in their teachers' training? Should almost be part of a university. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. That was and my it's not degree. at the moment? No. I've been, um, the schools that I've approached, I've had a couple of schools interested, one in the Hunter Valley uh, that I trained, the, which are primary school uh, uh, teachers, so that they can understand the kids. The other end, I'd love to get into the high schools because if you can see the traits of the children before they select their final subjects for the career they're going to go into, yes, really, you can give them better advice on what careers will suit their personality. So instead oh. of giving them the job guide, which is 1,500 uh, uh, jobs, and go read this book, which is like giving them the white pages, go and read that, uh, you give them a list of, well, these are some jobs that may interest you because your personality matches those. Go and test those out or check those out in the uh, job guide and now that becomes a yellow page, it's a reference book. You haven't told them to do those jobs. You've given them some direction where they could start and they make their own decisions. So you help them make their decisions. You help them narrow down the, uh, the, the task of trying to find the right career. Therefore, there's more kids will leave school knowing what they want to do. Less people will be swapping jobs on a regular basis. Less dropouts at TAFE. And TAFE has got, what, two out of every three kids drop out in their first year. Yeah, because they've chosen the wrong subject. Chosen the wrong, wrong subject. So yeah. it's an inherited problem for TAFE that they've got from the school. 
Wow. But that's going to be so beneficial for parents of children in high school as well. Mm. Yes. Wow. Exactly. To assist them. Yeah. And if the child has a better understanding of where they're heading, they're in a better uh, emotional state. As at, um, what was it, uh, 2010, we had one in four kids with psychological issues. It's now one in three. So Mm. all of these kids are growing up with so much pressure on their back. And it's no wonder there's so much bullying and other issues going on in school. If you understand your traits, you understand why your buttons get pushed, you've got more resilience. So you're less uh, likely to be pushed around. And as soon as you disempower the bullies because they no longer got the effect over you, then you can work with raising the self-esteem of the bullies because yes. bullies usually were bullied themselves. That's, That's right. right. So beating them up only makes them worse. Mm. Yeah. So what we need to do is raise their self-esteem. Yes. So disempower them from bullying others first, then raise their self-esteem because... Have you known anybody who is really happy who wants to go out and uh, pick on people? No, they're too busy living their own life. Exactly. Getting ahead, creating what they want. Mm. Oh, this is so interesting. I know, it's fascinating, isn't it? We're running out of time. (laughs) So, Kaz, oh, actually, Alan, um, I'm not sure if you actually, because we normally ask people if they have a favourite quote. I do. And this one came from uh, John Wooden, who was a, um, a coach in uh, UCLA in America. And he said, and I changed it slightly, he said the most important thing, but I said the most valuable thing I'll ever learn is the next thing I learn after I think I know everything. Yes, and I love that. See, I've, all the different modalities that I've uh, worked in and all the different areas and brought it all together... Every time I sit down, and I, when I teach people, I don't really teach them, I learn them. I know it's bad grammar, but while I teach somebody, if I'm not learning, I can only bring them up to my level, and that's as far as I can take them. Mm. So virtually, I've hit my level of incompetence. I can't go any further. But if I've got an open mind, I'm continually learning, I'm always going to be moving forward, which means all my students can come back and learn more again. Yes. So I'll go out and create my competition train them to the highest possible level and uh, that way I'll make sure that we've got more people doing this and Mm. eventually enough people are uh, asking for it, we may get the education department, the government, to start looking at it more seriously and get into uni. along those lines of that quote, I actually saw it the other day, I can't remember where it was, and it was, everyone you meet today will know something that you don't know. That's exactly right. And I just think that's so great because we do tend to, you know, write people off or, you know, we don't always value every person we meet. But when you look at it as they're there to actually, you know, give you some advice or give you a little gem or something, it's so much better to live your life that that's way. That's it. And that's interesting because now it's sort of, I get the visual of walking down the street and looking at someone and, and thinking to myself, I wonder what they could tell me that I don't know. Exactly. I wonder what they know that I don't know. I'm a... <laughs> Great believer that you learn until you the day you die. If you think you know everything now, you might as well go. Well, sit down and talk to a few uh, young kids and you'll be surprised how they look at things. You'll look, look at things with new eyes. And totally. then you look at the elderly and there's in a lot of the training, I use a lot of photographs. There's a lot of old people in there. And when you look at them, every time I put them up, people look at them and go, geez, I'd like to sit down and talk to them. Yeah. Yes, you know, it's the yes. and the eyes too. Yeah. And what yes. is it? Can you, you know how some people have shifty eyes? well first thing you've got at one end you have uh, stress and that tired look and everything else in the eyes then you go to you know where most people are and then you've got that real sparkle yeah but the sparkle comes in two formats you've got those really deep dark eyes that people who have those quite often find that 
people sit down next to her and tell them the whole story. It's like story a pool. You're sort of just an endless yeah. pool. Yeah. And people, you know, they, it's great for somebody who's going to do counselling work or as a yeah. member of the clergy, that sort of thing. Um, somebody who's got a, you know, the, the lighter coloured eyes but a real sparkle, we're attracted to them, but it's usually not so much that we want to tell them our life story. It's more that we just want to spend time with them. For In bed? One. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm glad you said that. Well, <laughs> I know. Your eyes sort of were dazzling yeah. like it was that. Well, I think we're going to have to end on that note, and it's a nice little visual for us all to have and a little memory. We're all smiling, so we've all had some good times there, obviously. So anything else you would like to add or ask Alan very briefly? Alan, is there any one little gem you would like to share with our Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom listeners? The one thing that I'd point out to everybody is, just on what we said before, everybody has a gift no matter who they are. And look for that gift in them. Don't worry about the downside because when we look at the people around us, I'm different to other people and so therefore I would stand away from them. What they actually have, the things that I don't like doing, they love doing. The things that I can't see, they can see. So there's so much that I miss by not connecting with people who are different. Yeah. That's fantastic. Mm. And listeners, we will share Alan's website um, on our Facebook page, but Alan, just quickly, if you would like to share it now so people can look there before we actually get to post it. Yes, my website is uh, Alan Stevens, and that's A-L-A-N, and Stevens with a V, S-T-E-V-E-N-S, dot com, dot A-U. Thank you so much, Alan, for coming here today and sharing so many gems. I'm sure we will have you back again. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? But and I'm now, sure there'll be a lot of people out there who are, who would find it very beneficial for their children as well. For anyone in their life. Mm. It's, it's an amazing gift uh, to have. And now we are going to play Peter Andre, who is our Australian artist for this week, Mysterious Girl. Thank so. you, Alan. Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3. If there's something that you've really enjoyed in our show today and you'd like to follow up on that, please go to our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Thank you, Kaz, for welcoming us back. Wasn't that a great conversation with Alan? I could talk to Alan for hours. It's just so interesting. And it is. It's really nice to be able to, as we said in the beginning of the show, to actually to respect everyone's differences. And if you can read how they would like to be spoken to and how how to interact with them, just by looking at their face, it makes such a difference. I know, doesn't it? Yes. It's really good. And I was just going to say that you you know when a relationship's right for you because it will either enhance your life or it will complicate your life. And I've noticed that in relationships as well. That's right. And it does get to the stage where if it is actually complicating your life, it's probably time for you to actually say, thank you for being part of my life. But I feel it's now time for us to move on and be apart from each other. Exactly, yeah. Some relationships just flow and some are hard work. That's right. <laughs> and why should we work any harder than we need to? Yes, actually, <laughs> when you think of the word relationships, it could be like a ship. You know, you can sink it. If you have you too can... many people in it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, a good relationship doesn't just happen either. It takes time and patience and it takes two people who truly want to be together. And I don't mean intimately, I just mean on a, a friend basis or whatever, but just a relationship no matter what that sort of 
that conjures up. I certainly agree, and I think that's a great way for us to actually end our show so that all the people can actually think about it and they can actually really love it. So our last song today, Kaz, is what? Our last song today is another Beyonce. Yeah, we're a Beyonce day we today. Are, we are, and it's Crazy in Love. Excellent. So goodbye, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. You have been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz. Until next time, may your days be filled with love and gratitude. And remember, we'll see you in the mirror. Namaste. I bow to the divine in you. Thank you.